Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith McCrossin here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Today is Monday, January the 10th, and my mission as your MLA for Cumberland North continues to be to serve you, to serve the people of Cumberland North, to help rebuild Cumberland North together with you. I believe we should build always on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, servant leadership, having a heart of servant honesty with a goal to empower all people, every single person in our communities. I believe we need to build on the pillars of health care, poverty reduction, caring for our Mother Earth, as well as supporting and encouraging entrepreneurship. So this last week in politics has been an interesting one. We had our first real winter storm this past weekend. We had power outages. Uh, worse in the Wallace Malagash area. I received several messages Sunday morning um, with complaints of uh, continued power outage. And I will let you know, since Hurricane Dorian, I have had several meetings with the management of Nova Scotia Power to try and prevent, uh, encourage prevention of power outages by focusing more on prevention through vegetation management, removing trees within 10 feet of power lines. That is supposed to be um, the standard, but as we've all seen throughout Cumberland North and all of Nova Scotia, that has, uh, there's been a lot of um, trees that have been neglected. And then when you have high winds, uh, you see trees falling on power lines and, and us losing power. So I have been trying to focus on that over the last two years with Nova Scotia Power. And I do want to say a big thank you to all the linesmen and lineswomen for repairing and restoring the power uh, this past weekend. However, um, no fault of the linesmen, the company does need to focus more on improving vegetation management, continue putting more money into that, as well as improving infrastructure, and with all with the goal to reduce the number of power outages that we experience uh, throughout all of Nova Scotia. I do want to send a thank you to every person who helped out uh, their neighbors throughout this recent storm, especially to this, the uh, people that helped out in Wallace with the Remsheg Villa. Uh, they had no power, uh, many seniors living there. They had no power until Sunday morning around 9.30. So thank you everyone who helped out a neighbor in need, whether it was with shoveling driveways or steps or, or taking food or water or lending a generator like the firefighters of the Wallace Fire Department did for the Remsheg Villa. So thank you, everyone. Moving on to school. Uh, no in-person classes this week here in Nova Scotia. School was delayed, uh, already was delayed a week, and now this week uh, school will be online for students. Teachers and administrators are still going to work. They went to work last week as well, uh, and they will, will work again this week. And I just want to acknowledge this is not an easy time for our teachers. It's not an easy time for administrators. It is not an easy time for all the parents who are trying to work, who are trying to maintain their sanity um, through this pandemic. And now with online learning, it just adds another stressor. So definitely, definitely challenging times. I can, can't even imagine, I'll be honest. Um, you know, Murray and I raised four children. They're all adults now. I cannot imagine going through this pandemic and online learning if my children were still at home uh, attending school. So 
shout out to all those impacted with this. Um, every teacher I spoke with, I know that's not every teacher, but certainly every teacher I spoke with wanted to be back in the classroom this week. And uh, hopefully on online learning will only be this one week and parents and teachers and students uh, can be back to in-person learning in school next week. I uh, also want to say thank you to the Town of Amherst Public Works crew as well as the Provincial Public Works crew who have worked hard throughout um, this winter storm this past weekend. If you have any concerns about roads needing plowed through the, through the provincial roads at least, um, whether they need plowing or salted, please call the operations center. They contact the local area supervisor directly and everything's documented so that managers can follow up properly. So the operations center number is 1-844-696-7737. If you want to grab a pen, I'll read that number again. Again, this is for roads, provincial roads, and uh, please call the operation center if you have a road that needs any type of um, servicing, whether snow removal or salting. It's 1-844-696-7737. And of course, this is provincial roads. If you're looking for any work through the Town of Amherst Public Works crew, you can reach out and call the Town of Amherst directly. So one of the things that I worked on a lot last night and I've been working on now for a while is the Chignecto Isthmus. You're going to hear me talking a lot about this. Uh, really, I'm not going to let up until the work gets done. It's time for action on our Chignecto Isthmus. I visited the Isthmus uh, out right at the dikes, uh, right beside the water of the Bay of Funday last week with our Member of Parliament, Dr. Stephen Ellis. And I can tell you um, that every elected person that you have elected wants action on this and soon, including your county councillor, Fred Gould for the area, the Amherstown Council. Uh, we've known for decades that the Chignecto Isthmus, that the dikes need to be rebuilt, they need to be built higher. And in recent years, we've been watching storms worsen. We've watched, uh, we've been watching the water levels rise. And the recent storms and damage done in British Columbia was a real wake-up call for us here on the East Coast. The Isthmus connects the peninsula, peninsula of Nova Scotia to the rest of the country of Canada. The Isthmus holds critical, critical infrastructure for energy and transportation of road and rail carrying on average $50 million worth of goods every single day. That includes food that you and I need to sustain us and our families. So in the fall, in November, I tabled a bill um, asking for this isthmus to be repaired. I recommended in the bill a task force to be created. The Tim Houston government did not call the bill for second reading. However, the ministers of agriculture as well as environment, that would be uh, Minister Greg Moreau. He's from Guysboro. He's our minister of agriculture. And Minister Tim Hallman. He's uh, minister of environment and climate change from the Dartmouth area, they both did make a commitment to come here to Cumberland North, visit the Chignecto Isthmus in person to see it for themselves. So we are awaiting their arrival. Meanwhile, our Member of Parliament, Dr. Stephen, and Ellis, Dr. Stephen Ellis and I, are calling on the federal and provincial governments to take action immediately, build the dikes higher here at the Isthmus. And we went out last week and visited it firsthand, the two of us. Uh, we went out when it was high tide, it was quite shocking, really, to see 
uh, just how vulnerable that area is to flooding and storm storm damage. So the reality is it's been studied and studied and studied. Uh, A very extensive study was done in 2012. It's called an evaluation of flood risk to infrastructure across the Chignecto Isthmus. And I'm going to read read to you a little bit of the executive summary of that. And I'm, I, the reason I want to do this is because, really, I believe it is probably the most important issue to all of us here in this area on both sides of the Nova Scotia and New Brunswick border right now. So here's the executive summary of that report, and that's from 2012. It says, the sea level rise estimates one to five meters are predicted for the Chignecto Isthmus by 2100. At present, a system of agricultural dikes and the Canadian National Railway in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick hold back the sea and protect the Trans-Canada Highway, many secondary roads and residents of Amherst, Nova Scotia and Sackville, New Brunswick and thousands of hectares of dike land with public and private assets exceeding $100 million. The area has flooded many times over the past 300 plus years, including major flooding events in 1758, 1869, which was the Saxby Gale event, 1887, 1958, and seven, sorry, 1976, and that was known as the Groundhog Day Storm. These flooding events led to considerable property damage and loss of lives, and all were associated with the storm surges that coincided with very high tides. Flood modeling using a new high-resolution digital evaluation model, a LIDAR model, of the isthmus terrain between the upper Bay of Funday, known as the Cumberland Basin, and the Northumberland Strait, Bay Vert, clearly shows critically low segments within agricultural dikes in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick that would flood during storm storm surges that coincide with high tides. Dike overtopping at these low areas and flooding of portions of the CN Railway and Trans-Canada Highway. Delays in interprovincial and international trade with a value again of $50 million per day and that's based on an annual trade volume in the order of 20 billion. Extensive flooding of local roads and protected dike lands and saltwater damage to agricultural lands in the many non-agricultural public and private assets with more than 10 times the value of agricultural assets according to recent estimates from Nova Scotia Agriculture. In the longer term, sea levels will be considerably higher in the isthmus than global averages given its position at the head of the Bay of Fundy continued crustal subsidence of the maritimes and the dynamic oceanographic processes associated with ocean currents, ice melt and variations in temperature and salinity, with extreme predictions up to four to five meters, again, by the year 2100. Nova Scotia could become an island, particularly during storm surges, unless the dike system is considerably upgraded or other adaptation options implemented. While this event is a likely a, t- a long time off or a rare occurrence, it is prudent that the Nova Scotia government and other governments and CN start planning for long-term 
sustainability of the Atlantic Gateway, a more robust dike system, EMO actions, that's emergency management office actions, and collaborative adaptation actions. So that is the executive summary. I just wanted to read that to you. That is from a study and evaluation back in 2012. And after that study was um, issued, there was uh, an RFP done, um, issued back in 2019, $700,000 RFP issued to a company that would um, was, was asked to present a plan for um, some options that we could be looking at to to deal with this and that study was supposed to be released that RFP study was supposed to be released April of last year and then in the fall um, and rumor has that just recently it has been released but it has not been shared with myself or our member of parliament or our municipal government so we are asking for that information to be shared and of course for action to be taken uh, as soon as possible. It's it's time to get the work done. We've studied this and studied it and studied it. It's time for action. Um, today, I do have two meetings on the topic. I have a meeting with CN Rail as well as uh, a media interview on the topic as well. So stay tuned and I will continue to work on this until we see action, until we start to see solutions being implemented. On to COVID. Well, it's hard to keep up, honestly, with all the changes uh, with COVID, as as you know full well. Uh, changes are happening daily, weekly, and I know many of you, many people are just tuned out <clears throat> because they've, they've just had enough. Uh, most of the calls that I'm getting at the MLA office these days are mostly just people looking for rapid tests. And of course, the province uh, does not have an abundance of rapid tests any longer uh, and they've changed their testing system, changed their model. So rapid tests are now available through public health if you qualify uh, based on the assessments. So you can go online, go to COVID um, coronavirus Nova Scotia testing and do the online assessment. It will let you know whether or not you should have a PCR test or whether or not you can pick up a rapid test at the testing center. And the testing center, the clinic, has actually moved. It is no longer at the office right across from the credit union on Prince Arthur Street. And it's moved actually into the same building where my uh, MLA office is. So it's going to be located starting, uh, starting on the weekend. It's at 5 Ratchford Street. So that's the Business Innovation Center. It's where CBDC and my MLA office is, as well as the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Connector. It's the building right beside the library, the Cumberland, uh, the Cumberland Library. So they're open all day, seven days a week. And they're also, they've also pivoted and they're doing um, vaccines, as vaccine administration there as well. So just a small update here for me, vaccine boosters are now available for anyone ages 30 and up here in Nova Scotia, provided it's been at least six months since your last dose, since your second dose. And also first doses are available for children ages five and up. Um, for the month of January, I'm going to be volunteering um, as a registered nurse. I still have my license and I will be administering some booster shots. I'm going to be doing it at the... Um, Amherst Medical Aesthetics, where my husband works. And if you want to book um, a booster with me, just when you go online, choose the Amherst Medical Associates uh, option for your injection. I'd love to see you. 
Testing rules have also changed and like I mentioned um, just go online and do the assessment and it will indicate whether or not you should have a PCR or a rapid test. You know the, the fact is there's a lot of politics right now around COVID, around this pandemic, both here at home and as well as around the entire world. Uh, lots of leaders flexing their muscles about mandatory vaccination. Meanwhile, doctors and scientists are saying that this Omicron variant is quite mild and could possibly lead to the end of the pandemic. So let's hope. There's no question it's more contagious, but scientists are saying for the most part, it is not, um, not as deadly. And there's not as many people getting sick uh, and needing to be hospitalized. So as this pandemic ends, let's be hopeful. There is plenty for people in politics to be focusing on, including myself, including the improvement of the quality of government services to people like you. Those who are paying taxes and even those who cannot afford to pay taxes, our healthcare system must be strengthened. And I'll be working here locally to enhance prevention and early detection screening, as well as provincially trying to push for more changes to improve care when you need it. The change in government has been good for healthcare and more must be done. And we are really, we're just getting started. Local decision-making is a must. And I'm seeing changes that are starting to happen. I'm seeing this and it must continue. We can all help with recruitment of healthcare professionals. Honestly, that is really the most significant thing that, that we need to see a change in. We need more doctors, we need more nurses especially. So let me know if you know of anyone who may be willing to relocate back here to Cumberland County and I can assist uh, to get interviews and to get human resources moving faster. So this is a real need and healthcare professionals uh, and politicians can't do it on our own. We need people like you in our community to help us to recruit and bring more healthcare professionals here to Nova Scotia and especially here to Cumberland. We've seen significant hospital bed closures here at Cumberland County Regional Healthcare Centers. Right now, our medical unit, our surgical unit, and our ICU are all at reduced bed capacity due to shortage of nurses. And this has been an ongoing problem for a few months. We've had some successes and we've hired a few registered nurses, but we need more. And I've seen several things uh, in the works that are solution focused and I'm continuing to communicate those to our, our health minister as well as other appropriate cabinet ministers. In fact, this past week, most of my efforts have been in preparing letters to arrange meetings with each cabinet minister to discuss Cumberland North, our wants, our needs, and the future that we want, not just in healthcare, but in all areas. You too can share what you want to see, either by sharing that with me or directly with our Minister of Finance, who's asking for input right now. They are preparing the next provincial budget and are looking for your input. I need, and the government needs, every single one of you to get involved. Share your ideas, help your neighbors and your friends, our mayors, our councillors, myself, and our memorable member of parliament to put things into action. Please do not sit back and just complain about lazy politicians and call us names. Every single person that I know here in Cumberland County, and I mean it, every single person that I have met that is serving in public office right now at each level, municipal and federal, is doing so because they love our community and they know we have untapped potential that we must achieve. 
I'm just, I can literally, I can name every single one of our town, town councillors and our county councillors, our member of parliament, our mayors. Uh, they want to see us uh, achieve things here in Cumberland County. But we need you to work with us, not against us. Every negative comment, every negative statement only weakens us and only weakens us as a community and as a people. It doesn't help anyone. It only keeps us from achieving all that we can. So let's accept one another's human flaws. Let's accept um, that we're all human. Choose to see the best in each other. Choose to believe that we all want a better future. Turn our divisiveness into unity. And let's move our communities, our towns, into what we all want. We can't do it alone, but together we can do it all. On that note, please consider how you can help with the current housing shortage. So each day in my office, I'm getting calls about people or from people that do not have a place to live or cannot find a place to live. There are more and more people also in our town of Amherst, especially and throughout the county with drug addictions that are living on the street, living in a car and really struggling. There's gaps, significant gaps in our healthcare system for those with addictions. We need solutions there. I just read yesterday about two doctors in Timmins, Ontario that have started a new service that's saving lives with people with drug addictions there. And I will say I've received some help from Dr. Julio Bobadilla as well as Dr. Yannicka Gradstein um, when we've been faced with people like in desperate need from drug addictions. Um, it's probably, it's been one of the hardest things in the last, especially two or three months uh, as MLA, seeing people really struggle and suffer from drug addictions and see their lives just turned upside down. There is a problem here in Amherst and in Cumberland. This is not just happening in other places. It's happening right here and right now. And we're going to have to work together as a community to help change it. I can't do it alone. The police cannot do it alone. Uh, many people that I talk to just want the problem to go away. Um, but it's not that simple. And if any of you listening have a family member or a friend that struggle with, with mental illness and or drug addictions, you know exactly what I'm saying. Uh, these, these people are family members, they're our neighbors, and we must adapt our services in our community to help, help them where, where help is needed. So uh, the first thing is to stop the culture of judgment and stigma. And this culture of judging others um, only prevents people getting the help that they need. And I've seen it firsthand myself, even at our hospital, um, where people with drug addictions who need help um, are being faced with stigma. Whereas if somebody went to the hospital with a heart attack that was caused by smoking, they wouldn't be facing that same stigma. So uh, let's, let's all stop judging. Let's help people that are suffering. They need love. They need compassion. And that will open up a heart for healing so that they can receive the help that they need. It will take time and we need to all never give up on, on others. And I, I promise I won't. And I need you all to help me with that as well. I believe our community is only as strong as the person struggling the most. And if we can build one another up to be the best that we can be together, we will all be stronger. And that is the truth. 
Before I finish up today, I just want to remind everyone, if anyone has any documents that you ever need notarized, that is a service that I can provide for free uh, to you at my MLA office. So you can just reach out, contact my assistant, Dan Gould, and he can uh, set up a time to make that happen. My office phone number is 902-661-2288. Uh, before I finish up today, I want to wish anyone celebrating a birthday or an anniversary um, special wishes. And I want to mention Debbie and David Way. They're celebrating an anniversary today. Also today, Charlie Chambers and Linda Moore are celebrating birthdays. On Tuesday, Teresa Manthorne and Kevin Casey are celebrating. On Wednesday, Nicholas Mitchell, Heather Trenum, a wonderful hairdresser in town, and Ruth Pipes are celebrating birthdays. On Thursday, Eleanor Scoville and Michelle Joy. On Friday, Sharon Siddle. On Saturday, Catherine Boussier. On Sunday, Kathy White of Bordertown Flowers and Frills. And Jonathan and James Cole are celebrating as well. So happy birthday to anyone who's celebrating this week. And I, I have to send out congratulations to the Gogan family. A good friend of mine, and many of you know her, Donna Gogan. Uh, her daughter, Sarah, gave birth to twin girls over uh, on the weekend. Two beautiful, healthy girls. So congratulations to Sarah, of course, the mom, as well as to the happy grandparents, Donna and Robbie Gogan. I would like to extend my uh, sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, uh, especially the friends and family of Grace Edith Cove. And anyone else listening that has lost, lost a loved one at this time, please accept my condolences. As I finish off today, I would like to uh, say thank you to Mr. Ron Bickle and CFTA 107.9 for providing this opportunity to share with you my weekly constituency update. Uh, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of one another. Together, we are stronger. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.